welcome to 15K Plus Random Movie Reviews, where we take random movies from Metacritic's 15K Plus Movies to randomly watch whether we like it or not. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of 15K Plus Random Movie Reviews. This is Colin. This is Niall. And this is random movie number 487 out of a thousand. If you remember in the last episode, we would give ourselves a break every 10 episodes and pick a random movie from the top 1000 movies. So this is an Indian documentary slash sort of art project movie. It's called A Night of Knowing Nothing, which is very hard to say and hard to remember as well. It's got a meta score of 87 and a user score of 7.6. It's got a runtime of 97 minutes. And, uh, Everybody that's in the background of this movie, there's, I think they're, they pretty much have a, of this movie in their back catalog. The director is Payal Kapadia, and the writers are him and Himansha Prajabati. Uh, and the narrator is Bhumasutta Das, who narrates uh, Elle, who uh, Niall will describe who she is in a few seconds. So... Again, we're, we're ending off our top 10 with our first 10 with a documentary. We started with a documentary. So if you remember, we don't do plot, obviously we do topic and then we focus on people. And then this two last ones are sound uh, brackets track and production, just like a nonfiction movie. So Niall, in general, what is this movie about? Yeah. So uh, it kicks off. Well, the two writers uh, come up with this sort of, um, thematic glue to stick several different scenes together um, spread over a few different years where they decided that the idea is somebody finds a box in a room uh, in the FTII or the Film and Television Institute of India and inside this box is a bunch of lost film reels and a diary, a diary written by that girl you already mentioned, Elle uh, and it, it, it on a very high level, it, it, it clues these difficult and um, violent, sometimes violent um, scenes together over a few years or in mm. several colleges in India and outside of colleges too. First scene kicks off. Um, it's Elle. She's talking about her. She's talking to her estranged lover. Uh, she misses him. Uh, she's going to a party, but she kind of doesn't really want to. In the background, it shows a bunch of students dancing. There's a movie playing, and you know this scene is kind of kind of weird, a bit dreamlike. I think obviously intentionally dreamlike. Mm. Um, then she talks about uh, she had a meeting with the dean of the college, and he asks, or she asks, I'm not pretty sure. Uh, where, where's the boyfriend? Where is he? And she doesn't explain to the dean, but. She then goes on to explain to the listener or the viewer that, well, you know, you can't be here because your family won't let you come here because you mentioned to them that you wanted to marry me and I'm a lower caste. So mm -hmm. you're not allowed to go back to that college anymore, you naughty boy. And that sort of introduces the sort of main undercurrents of the, the, the troubles that are, that are in this documentary. Yeah. I think a lot of the, a lot of narration are, is from actual love letters, I think, just to pinpoint that specific... Uh, form of communication yeah, yeah that, that's that's kind of what it is she's talking to him directly now it's, it's supposed to be her diary um uh, so the letters aren't actually sent and she doesn't mm. exist as well so there is that um yeah it, it is just a a a 
a widget to try and tie some story into what is a very serious subject. Yeah, and so things. She's at college. She's at um, university, whatever. And FTII, FTII, which um, and the movie ends with an FTII speech, which is very strange because the FTII is where all these uh, some unrest begins to uh, appear because the college chairman has been appointed, and they all feel that he's a government mandated appointment. Yeah, yeah. So this this chap was a um, Bollywood actor, quite a famous Bollywood actor, but he's quite his views are quite differing from their left centric um, ideology in that college. So mm -hmm. the, so this causes them problems and part they have a of big their strike. yeah, they have a big strike. Well, part of their part of their problems with this is he he changes everything about the college and he's changing what they're allowed to do and obviously don't like this very much um anyway um as the uh, that scene ends with them all dancing and all that stuff she starts talking about the administration which is the chap you just mentioned um cracking down on the students mm -hmm. and she thinks it's direct retaliation to the 2015 student strikes which lasted apparently for 139 days uh, and the administration and the government aren't exactly about to forgive them for past past discretion so things uh, get difficult for people from the mm -hmm. get-go uh, in this uh, and, and this is good because to be honest the scenes up to now where she's talking about her lover or talking to her lover I, I find it hard to be involved with it or get yeah. stuck in. But it was a tough intro. It was a tough intro, but at least now we're starting to get some of the, the meat of, of what this is about, um, which is good. Um, yeah, the vibe is very much, very, very much like an art student, art college yeah. student production. It's very abstract. It's very dark, very grainy. It's very it's hard to silent see. silent at times. There's nobody talking. There's no music at times. It's just stuff happening. There's a scene in the background. There's a tree. There's a, a sink. Somebody's washing their dishes. Like, yeah. Yeah, but, that's interesting, yeah. but no. <laughs> yeah, at one point I was trying to make sense. Okay, right. So this is, they're showing scenes of normal Indian life. But it really wasn't riveting. It wasn't. It wasn't pivotal to telling the story. And so that first thirty-five, forty minutes is very much introducing L as the narrator and the sort of background of the students' yeah. students' narrative. But very, very visually not very uh, um, engaging. Uh, I think the problem is that they've, they've created this character L, uh, and they're trying to humanize this character uh, as somebody who's lived through these um, uh, these events. And they're trying to, you know, have some compassion with the viewer and and Elle, but it doesn't do that because it, it, she's never fleshed out at all. Uh, and you know, having scenes in the background of other people doing other things adds nothing to the character of Elle. So I uh, I understand what they're trying to do; it, it, it fails. But mm. anyway, sorry, I'll, I'll continue with the plot and stop giving out. Um, no, that's fine. That's fine. And like we, you know, we can chunkify things as well. Like I think the first. 39 minutes or so, I don't think anything really 
anything really happens of of note no, to be honest no. with they, you they, like they mentioned modi they they mentioned something about uh, the abandonment of the concept of a secular state in india in, in favor of like a hindu slash christian leaning state um so which know, is which, which is where it gets interesting because yeah, yeah. it provides context and it's it, she so mentions it, trump uh, victories yes and, and that's only like these, these mentions of uh modi or, or trump are like fleeting in the first 40 minutes so it, yeah. it's a, a case of but it's, what it's, the it's, problem is but it doesn't yeah. get into it yeah it's ramping up though because in when in the same um statement of mentioning modi and trump she also goes through a bunch of uh things that happen in india so there's a couple of like a couple of killings there's um a lady called gauri lankesh mm. who's murdered she's shot in front of her house because she was critical of right-wing hinduism and she opposed the caste system which is um which is laying the land for for later on and then the ramping up of the, the violence and the intimidation of students there's a um a, a farmer called pelu khan who is lynched for buying dairy cattle yeah yeah but he he has this license and he and he says it's they're dairy cattle but you know as hindus revere um cows and cattle they they lynch they, they kill them on a train i believe uh according to the, the newspaper paper article that pops up on screen very briefly uh and, and it, it then talks about there's a flash up of trump wins in the us and yeah. another flash up of uh indian journalist killed then another yep. flash up of um intercaste marriage leads to honor killing yes so yes that you know it's, it's quite striking stuff um and there's some, some talk of you know students you know while not being raped but they're constantly being threatened with it from people of a differing um background yeah well it, it, it's it got me into yeah because it mentions a, a guy's suicide rohit vemula mm -hmm. and um he's from the lowest caste and obviously from watching this documentary we're two ignorant irish dudes with no concept of indian cultural and social and historical anything but yeah. I, I i've been to mumbai and, I, I, and i've worked with a lot of indian people and i've taught a lot of indian students but i, I knew of the caste system and i knew there was the untouchables that's uh, as they call it the uh, dalits uh and i i looked into it there today just to just to kind of educate myself a little bit better because i didn't want to be come across as an ignoramus here <laughs> in this but i probably will anyway but um I didn't actually know, like, there's 3,000 castes and 25,000 subcastes, each related That's to a specific occupation. Far too complicated. It's crazy. And it so the, the government actually don't call them Dalits, they call them scheduled castes to make it a bit more, I don't know, political or formal, I guess. But um, it's the Dalits, and I believe gives us then foundation for Elle because she is a Dalit and she is in love with, she has her lover that she, she's writing these letters to. And pretty much after this sort of roll call of terrible things that happened, uh, she mentions that a year has passed by and you have not, he has not. Yeah. She's, back starting, in she's starting to lose hope. She's getting a bit angry at this point that her, her, her BF has abandoned yeah. her and she, he's not fighting his parents to come visit or 
even yeah. respond. Um, and then she goes on to say that, you know, did you ever love me? Did you ever understand me? Or mm. just pretending that? Yeah. That? And like, you know, and I did, you know, that was interesting to, to delve into a bit, like, you know, regarding the caste system, like universities and colleges bring people together. And then when you leave, you're back to your family and you're back to the old traditional ways of living. And obviously older generations have, have these, um, historic sort of things that they, that they want to keep a hold of. I was looking up the caste system as well, and I don't want to turn this into a history lesson, whatever, but I find it interesting because we're, again, we're Irish and I was, and, um, one thing I read was that the role of British colonialism actually helped evolve and helped entrench the caste system. It, it, it existed before that, but because they love to take censuses of their populations mm -hmm. and of their minions, one of them was to reveal your caste in it. And it was a lot of, um, well, it, it, yeah, like my, my understanding of the, the caste system and colonial rule from, uh, uh, from the UK was that it was an excellent um, mechanism in controlling the masses. Yeah. Because if they already think, you know, if they already think that there's, there's levels and people below at X level have no real say in the political landscape of your country, then you can discount 99% of the people and everything they say is stupid. So go mm. away and go work on the farm and shut up. Yeah. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like colonialism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it doesn't. But no. uh... but it's interesting because it's very much tied in, like when they brought in, obviously, their British form of education and higher castes had better access to English education. And I was reading today that Dalits, uh, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but like 80% of them don't have access to any form of education in India. Yeah, that, so, that's pretty much what uh, I, I I dug up as well, and mm. and that, that 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 is the crux of that's the main complaint I believe from from all of this that that education is not universal. Yeah, uh, and then as kind this of... goes on, they're, they're trying to defund schools that are subsidized now, so that mm -hmm. education becomes harder for Dalits and middle caste people to get access to, uh, which is you know. A reason to complain, I would say. Yeah, kind of. It, 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 when she mentions that about um, him not contacting her, it is a year has passed by. It says, and Diwali, mm. the um, the celebration of Diwali, oh, oh, it's the, uh, the festival of lights. Uh, from living in Singapore, we always got a holiday for Diwali, which was ah, great. Right. So um, yeah, it's festival of lights, good over evil. But um, it goes into New Delhi then, and there's a lot of protests going on, and yeah. there's um. What somebody says, child of a janitor and a child of a minister should be able to go to the same school. So that's very much just caste, anti-casteism or casteism. What is it? What's it? Anti-caste? I don't know. Casteism. Castist and casteism. And, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Um... <laughs> it's interesting that I found it very interesting. I don't know about you. I found it very interesting that the people that were protesting against the caste system, um, uh, were were had had hammer and sickle flags and there was quoted, mention of Lenin several quoted, times. Quoted Lenin and it's one of the the guys that are speaking says and Lenin tells us blah blah mm. blah blah blah. So it's like okay, are you going for are you jumping from one fire into the other? But I don't know. 
the, the way I talk to us uh, is, I know, I know many students would have had a, a picture of Che Guevara up in the wall because they're all, you know. Yeah. I'm cool now. I'm a student. I I do rebellious things. Um, he shows up in one of the protests. Did you see him? I did, and I wrote that <laughs> down as something to note. Um, <laughs> for a second, I was like, "What? How did Che Guevara get there?" Oh, wait. No, it's just some Indian guy. He looks very much like Che Guevara. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of the midpoint. Of, yeah, it's midpoint. Yeah, now things kick off at this point. Yeah, but you know what I liked about this section because it's a time where I was actually I was actually interested in it, and then the the last third kind of dropped off again. But yeah, the one thing I found interesting about this one was her narrating when it was showing the female police women um, at the riot, and it was kind of showing close ups of their face, and she was like narrating over it. You will go home to your families tonight. You will feed your children you know it was very humanizing of the obviously the establishment and obviously l and all the students are anti-establishment for one of them it was a very interesting choice as well because she mostly focused on one lady's face and that lady looked incredibly uncomfortable sad even um because i believe she knew what was coming and she knew what she was about to have to do uh yeah so this is kind of why it was easier to humanize that individual because she was about to let's just, let's call it. She's going to oppress a bunch of people with a stick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry to laugh at that, but yeah, the way you put sorry. it. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it's important that to note that she didn't demonize the cops either in this. She sees no, these I, people as well. Uh, and yeah. she wonders what they're thinking of them. But then she also says, but I must not feel too sad for you because you're about to pick up your stick and hit my friends. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was an interesting part and probably the probably the most memorable part of the of the documentary because as we said there's a lot of abstract visuals in between these things and a lot of sort of static noise or blowing of the wind or something it's sort of it's a very little arty. It's very arty and it's like it's definitely like I was reminded of a lot of modern art galleries I've gone to and the video has been played and it's just like random noises and visuals that don't make any sense whatsoever but are supposed to be giving you some sort of uh, message uh, maybe we're not intellectual enough that's, that's probably it yeah <laughs> uh i think one of the things then that happens and this is kind of nearing the end of the documentary kind of is where these um masked goons mm, 100 plus lads come come mobbing into the well several um colleges mm, yeah. uh, and they bring some beat down for everybody they deem to be anti-national or anti-indian muslim yeah. or dalits they did they, they go they go rampant uh and, and there's two particular scenes in this or two particular videos that they show yeah. the first one of note is in a corridor yeah obviously within a college uh, uh and, and girl is filming a, a host of masked men coming in with sticks, sledgehammers, mm. and, you know, uh, normal hammers, and they're beating up people as they run in, they're smashing stuff, and near the end of this video, you see one particular guy, he obviously makes eye contact with the girl with the camera. He raises the stick and charges at her. And yeah. the last part of that scene is the stick coming down and the camera going dead, yeah. which is kind of horrifying, like like scary stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that was scary. And then I let leads into it even so much scarier the, video the barricade. Yeah. Yeah. The, the scariest, like, while that's the barricade scheme is terrifying because there's a bunch of students, it's just kids, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Kids in a room. They've put up a bunch of school tables. And these are know. like official police, though. I think these, these they're are not police. masked. That, this yeah. is the problem. Yeah. They, they are masked because they're wearing riot gear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they've got truncheons, and these truncheons are serious pieces of kit. They're metal sticks. And uh, I don't know how long, like four foot long. Like you, you get a whack with this, you're going to feel it. Um, yeah. But yeah, they kick a door in, smash it in, they kick the tables out of the way. Uh, then they instruct the students to leave. But as the students are leaving, and, the, and there's no violence from the students in this scene. No. They're just beating the living lard out of these poor guys um, for no reason other than maybe they're not moving quick enough. I'm not sure. But it, it, it's terrifying, and it's terrifying because it's government-sanctioned beatings. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we can't beat you with brains. We'll beat you with sticks instead. Yeah, and and that that to me is the most memorable thing in the whole uh, documentary. Um, yeah, I just think that, so. that scene, those that five minutes. It's um, freaky, and especially actually, you think you don't even know what's going on at at, at start, and then all these students just come out of the darkness. Yeah, and like, like rushed out, tens of them. There must be about fifty guys. Yeah. But then the the bottleneck up at the door. But as they're trying to get yes. through, there's riot police on the other side, and as they go through the door, they get hit. Yeah. So people then at the door, don't want to go through the door. But the people at the back of the queue of students are getting hit. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then near the end, one of the goons, policemen, knocks the security camera off the off the ceiling. It's after at that time. He didn't, he, didn't get the, he didn't get the tape. Didn't get it. Yeah, exactly. He didn't get it, get it whacked in time with your wax stick. So, yeah, that sort of like is the crescendo of sort of you know, obviously, there's a lot of backstory to this, to this, yes. to, to what's going on in this movie. But I think that's the most visual and sort of tangible uh, evidence of of what the students have, have have experienced over the over the period of of this documentary. Yeah, and I think, like it, again, as you said earlier, it, it tapers off after this moment because that that, that is the crescendo. It is, yeah. You, know, you don't go higher than that. So it was right to be left to the to near the end. Yeah, it tapers off, and then the next couple of scenes are a bit artsy, but then it goes off to a, a, a conversation the lads are having in the FTII, um, the student union, I'm assuming. Uh, I don't know. It sounded very official, and I was weirded out by this because it starts off with the FTII being in, being the kind of the watch the what's the word the, the touch the, the light the touch paper. What do you call that when it's the um, it's a kindling for what happens, yeah, yeah. and then. And then there's an FTIA speech. Well, maybe it is a student union, but I thought it was like an academic lead or something. It could be. It could be. Um, it was weird because... It was, yeah, it was oh, weird he, because... He was an older guy who was speaking. Uh, yeah. But he was surrounded by students. It just felt like, oh, well, you're with them now, so maybe they, they hired the right person this time or something. Well, well, in, in the faculty's defense, they also got reported as getting a good hiding as well. So... Mm. Um, you know what the ironic thing he says in the speech? Uh, <laughs> is that you're either you're with us or uh, or you don't exist? Or no, oh. no. Okay. <laughs> seeing, seeing as the entire movie is in black and white, he says we should not be thinking in black and white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... 
I kind of went, oh, okay. All right, that's fine. That's um... maybe, maybe maybe you send the director of the movie to put some color in. Um, maybe yeah, there is a couple of splashes of color during the movie. Yeah, it's like Diwali and... Uh, something else. Something else. Yeah, I, I can't really think of what it was now. Um, you know, purposefully done. Uh, almost like Chindra's List, but not nearly as um, impactful. With the no. girl with the red dress. Nowhere near it. Um, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the end of the movie. Finn. Yeah, yeah, or whatever the Hindu word for Finn is. Um, so, <clears throat> what do you think about the topic? What would you What would you give it out of five? The actual topic that, and I guess, I guess you can you can save the sort of production values for the production section yeah, of the reviewing. The topic, so. topic is a difficult one to score. It is because because I think it's a very important topic. I I, I think what. The message is, is uh, it should be known and it should be made public and people should be aware of this type of oppression. Um, unfortunately, how it's delivered via the story of L doesn't hit home. No. And maybe it's because I'm without context from a political standpoint, from a cultural standpoint. Um, but I, I found it hard to care as much as I should. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's very much diluted. The topic is diluted by the artsiness of the visuals. Yes, absolutely. That the most the most powerful moments of the of the film are when it's real footage and real yeah. narration and real uh, life interviews. And to that I only give it two. Um Correct. That's the correct answer. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I'm glad you approve of my rating. Uh because you know, if it if you throw away the L stuff and you focus directly on stuff, I'd be looking at a four because it's, you know, yeah. it's, it could be powerful stuff. L, yeah, dilutes it, as you said. I think, I think that if, I don't think they had delusions of grandeur of launching this internationally, well, there is hard-coded English subtitles in it, but, you mm -hmm. know, I think it, if, if you want to get more international acclaim and international recognition, obviously it needs to be a bit more backstory for us, ignorance that's from different countries that need a bit more. Um... Uh, 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 the way I see this movie is it, it's more of a kind of like a self-indulgent sort of home project than a that's something that they wanted to be be published to the glo global scene. It, it, they didn't care where yeah. it went, yeah, yeah. which is a shame because I think it should go. This story needs to be kind of told, type thing, and this isn't this isn't the the vehicle for doing it. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's fine. What about? So this is hard too because. The people section. This was easy, easier done in Summer of Soul. There's no people. <laughs> there is no. There are no people. You know. So obviously, there are people that are named in the narration, but they don't really play a huge part. Yeah, they're in more this. like headlines in a newspaper. You know, there's there's yeah. no depth. There's no interviewing no. with them. There's, there are a few people give, giving very short speeches or segments of speeches. So it's very hard to give anything of value that so I, yeah. I i'm gonna rate this as a one i'm a one two let's talk about the sound brackets track like it's again like the visual it's very artsy very very atmospheric but then like it's organic at times it's it's ethereal at times mm. you know there's static sounds there's a time there's a part of the movie where there's um they're speaking french over computer game sounds and, and then it goes <laughs> then it, 
and then it goes into a blues guitar and I, I specifically remember that segment yeah. of audio and it's just like come on and then at the end of the movie it ends on a synthetic sort of upbeat sort of style and again it just reminded me of, of uh, modern art and it didn't hit the right tone for me I gave it one out of five. I was a little bit more generous um, because some of the some of the sounds over some of the more hard to watch scenes kind of made you anxious as, at the same time. So uh, yeah, it, but but still, um, not great. Yeah. So what do you do? One point five or two? One point five. Yeah. So um, finishing off with the production. Obviously, this is where we probably have a lot of. Um, criticisms about it. Obviously, <laughs> everything is in black and white. It's very grainy. It's hard to make out sometimes what's what you're looking at. It's very abstract at times, which makes it um, harder to engage with the content. Uh, it's too dark at times to render anything meaningful. You know, the half hour at the start is really slow and uh, some things that they mentioned that L, you know, they put up a narration where in writing where it goes. Sometimes in Elle's diary, she wrote, she drew doodles in the margins, and then it has a bunch Hands. of hats. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of hand doodles that don't make any sense or any relevance to anything as well. Uh, there's a minutes and there's tons of dark, grainy B-roll. Uh, but I get it somehow that it paints the bleakness of the situation in times. And, and it tries to give the impression that it's filmed on like a 16 millimeter film or something like that. Might but be. It's all done digitally. So this is yeah. a fake impression that they're trying to portray. And there's also scenes intentionally left blank for about 30 seconds in between yeah. interesting pieces, which is, a, you know, something that they've done for the production value of it, but it, it detracts substantially from it. Um, yeah, production wasn't great. Uh, I give it 0 0.5. Dang. Well, I gave it 1.5. And I, and, and just because I kind of, it, it left me with a couple of questions because at the end, again, it ends on grainy dancing and it starts, the whole documentary starts off with grainy dancing. So it kind of like, it made me think about the whole context of the movie and, and the meaning behind it. And, you know, what has changed? You know, are we back to the beginning of students enjoying themselves and then something will happen and they will revolt again because the establishment are making rules up that go against their freedoms. So it's like you're, you know, wipe the slate back to year one again. It kind of just, the last few seconds, I sort of tried to make that connection and maybe they were going for that. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they're just going to slap another party scene in at the end but that gave me some questions you know and I, i'm guessing that the reality is yes it is back to the beginning and this will just happen constantly because the yeah, students will okay. not have any voice it's always the way though <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's it for a night of knowing nothing we know nothing about indian culture clearly and, and we and because i gave it a 0 0.5 in production i know nothing about arty films uh, or filmography <laughs> Yeah, but just it just sort of you know reminded me of a lot of of abstract art videos that I've I've seen many of them over the years. And just before we uh, move off, uh, just to give a couple of reviews here, Chicago Tribune Michael Phillips gave the movie a hundred out of a hundred. The movie expresses so much so delicately about precarious young hearts, the storm clouds of nationalist politics, and most of all the possibility and necessity of artistic freedom. 
maybe the movie is an example of artistic freedom. Possibly. The, yeah. yeah. The, the Globe and Mail um, gave it 75 out of 100. Uh, Aparita Bandari is the author, and she says, right from its opening frame, there's a lyrical dreamlike quality of to Pyle Cabadia's debut feature. And that's not very um, descriptive or uh, conclusive of whether mm. they like it or not, but that's the uh, headline to the review. So we uh, don't have any uh, movie to pick because we will be recapping our first 10 episodes uh, in the next episode, which will come out a day after this. And that's a nice surprise for us all. God, surprise okay. me too. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's the end of episode 10. We will see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Cheerio.